This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. Hi, I'm Judith. And I'm Melina. We are internet friends turned real life friends who both experienced the tragic loss of our sons to sudden infant death syndrome in winter of 2021. In the year after Aiden died, my husband and I both became unemployed, my parents divorced, and we had to move five times for various reasons. And as for me, just a few weeks before my son Quinn died, my then husband had come out to me as a transgender woman and were subsequently divorcing. It's been a lot. (laughs) It's been a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But as long as we're living, we will love our sons deeply and work to make sure that we live a life that makes them proud. Welcome to As Long As I'm Living podcast. We're so glad you're here. I would like a mic stand if it swivels. Exactly. Like one that would like have an arm and swivel like this. So that way you can sit wherever you want and have the microphone wherever. Okay. So I'm supposed to go this close, but I think my echo is still. You just turned yourself off. I can't hear you at all now. (laughs) How's this? Yeah. Now I can hear you. Okay. But is the echo too strong? It feels a little strong. Yeah, turn off the echo. We don't like the echo. The echo is off, but when I turned it off, you can hear me now. I can hear you fine. Okay. So I just need to talk. Hang on, hang on. That doesn't sound right. Is the echo on minus? It's on minus? That was the wrong. Guys, there. How's that? That's better. (laughs) Okay, the echo is completely gone, and I turned the volume up, and I'm going to sit this close. Okay. I just, I can't sit in one place. I'm too animated. I have so much to say. I'm so passionate. I need to like slump in, jump out. And you're not that close. I'm looking at your face. You're more than six inches away. I know. But the thing is, I don't move. I can't. I can't. So the thing is, the microphone is able to level my audio because I'm not moving. I can't. I won't do it. It's not negotiable. (laughs) I can't. I, I can't sit in one spot and just not move. And talk like this. Like I've got too much going on. Like I need to lean in to my conversation. Okay. So the solution is I need to get an arm. Yeah. You need to get an arm for your podcast, Mike. Okay. Listeners, we're trying. We're trying. We are trying. We're trying. We want to make this, we want to make this a good podcast for you. But I do also listen to the podcast myself. And I always just feel so self-conscious about my audio because your audio comes so crispy clear. I'm in a bedroom with a rug and a bed. You know yeah. what, Alina? There's a mirror next to me. Do you think it could be the mirror? <gasps> Why don't you try hanging a curtain over that mirror? That's it. For today. Anyway, that's enough for, for today. today. I'm going to put this blanket on my head. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? I bet this audio is going to be the best audio we've ever had. And I'm going to look like a ghost. But you won't be able to see my animated expressions. How's that? <laughs> is that any better? <laughs> I want you to be able to see... I. I could go in a closet. Should I go in the closet? There's a closet right there. Just one second. I did read that you should have. Um, I did read. Is this sound better? Because I did read that there could be a blanket in front, a pillow. They said a pillow in front of you to absorb some of the audio. Hold on. I think I can do this. I love the commitment. Oh, shit. Hold on. Okay, well, Judith will be upgrading her audio equipment, but that was part of her fundraiser, so it's going to happen. We just need to figure it out. What's the right It's state. possible that that sounds better. I, I read somewhere um, that you should put a pillow in front of your microphone. Okay, well, we'll see if this works. Let's what see if we, this works. I what actually are we do talking think about today? I think today we're talking about why me. 
Oh yeah. That's a juicy topic. It's a juicy topic. And um, I don't know if you and I have really ever discussed it. Yeah. I will say right up front, I will say I am not somebody who really dwells on the why me question. Yeah. However, I do have some thoughts on it. I really do. Yeah. So I, I think maybe we haven't talked about it because that's not really kind of a place that I tend to go. I, I agree. Mind. I agree that it's not a place that I tend to go in my mind either, but I think that it's a good topic to discuss. It is juicy as hell. It's juicy as hell. Yeah. Um, um, hold on. There's this quote that Angelina Jolie said about. Um, okay, so I'm just going to say something about Angelina Jolie. Yeah, go ahead. And someone find the quote because I, I, I don't know what it is. But she said something once about how she never understood how she could be born on the exact same day in the exact same year as someone else, but she was born in America where she is so much privileged and other people are born in countries that they have less opportunities and suffer so much. And she's like, I never understood how it was fair that I was blessed with so much privilege just inherently by living in a place that has good access to water, clean water, good access to like a peaceful nation. I mean, you know, America's not so peaceful, but we pretend. And Found um, quote. Oh, you, you want to read it? Do you want me to read it? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. She How says, did you find it? I searched Angelina Jolie born privilege quote. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. She says, I have never understood why some people are lucky enough to be born with the chance I had to have this path in life and why across the world, there's a woman just like me with the same abilities and the same desires, same work ethic and love for her family, who would most likely make better films and better speeches. Only she sits in a refugee camp. So to me, when I hear that, I think that kind of sums up a little bit the way I feel about it, which is I don't understand, you know, why some of us get something and some of us don't get others, mm-hmm. other things. I, I don't think if I say to myself, why did I have my son die? I can ask myself the same question and a different one would be like, why did I get to have an easy pregnancy? Mm-hmm. I say, why did he die? I could ask, why did he live? Like, I just feel like if for, for every why question, there's an opposite why. Yes. You get yes. some things and you don't get other things. And I don't know why I get anything to begin with. Yeah. I mean, that's the truth of it, right? It's all random, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying how random it is, right? Unless and- you believe in a faith that does not say it's random. Which we could talk about. True, but okay. True. Well, we can maybe talk about that in a minute. I think that something that shattered for me when this loss happened, and I am guessing, I've never really talked about this with anybody, but I'm guessing this is actually pretty common. Before I had all this loss and all this fucking shit and my life turned objectively bad, I had this kind of mindset where I would hear about something bad happening. And I would think, oh my gosh, that's so horrible. I feel horrible for them. And then part of my brain would go, but that won't happen to you. It was like this, I had this kind of unshakable confidence that those bad things happened to other people and not me. And if, if I had really probed into that, I would have said, 
I would have acknowledged that it could happen to me, that it was, it's yeah. random. It could happen to me. However, there was this part of my brain, almost a subconscious part of my brain, this protective piece that was saying, but that won't happen to you. And in a way, I actually think that's kind of a healthy way to live. Like you don't want to walk around earth hearing everybody's stories of trauma and sadness and grief and horrific loss and all of that. And be thinking that each of those things could happen to you at all times. Like, I do think there is something smart and protective about that instinct to be like, but it won't happen to me. I think it's dangerous when you make dangerous choices with the assumption that something bad won't happen to you. But I do think that that kind of makes sense. And I'm wondering how common that is. I actually don't know. Did you feel that way before? I felt the same way. I think it's human nature to believe that it could never happen to you. Yeah. Um, and even last night, um, I went to a friend's house and they were watching the football game. And I, I don't know if you heard about this. I did. Yeah. Yeah. The football player got tackled and he had to have CPR on the field. And um, I could see in my brain in real time how they were reacting to it and how I was reacting to it. Yeah. Which I think will bring me back to the when I do feel the why me. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, they, I could see in their heads, were like, I mean, it's football. It's a risk. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're like, this is horrible. I feel so horrible. I feel so bad. But, you know, it's football. It's no one's fault. It's things just happen, whatever. And I started, like, gagging. Like, I wanted to vomit. Mm-hmm. And I had to leave the house. And I like had to do some meditating when I get home just to calm myself down a little bit because I know that that could happen. That could, okay, it's not going to happen in football, but I know what it's like to watch someone do CPR on your child. Yeah. And it's a second away. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe not in football, but maybe in a car accident or, and I feel like that feels very visceral to me in a way that I think everyone else says, well, that happens to other people. Yeah. Because now I know that happens to us. That happens to yes. anybody. And everybody, the truth is, nobody playing football thinks they're going to be that guy. Nobody. Exactly. They all think they're invincible. They all think that they've got training. They have preparation. They have pads. And mm-hmm. we see, we see, we do the same thing ourselves as people. We're like, well, it's not going to happen to me because my family's different. It's not going to happen to me because I don't struggle with that medical condition. It's not going to happen to me because cancer doesn't run in my family. It's not going to happen to me for 40. We all say it. I remember, you know this, when Quinn was alive, and this haunts me, I said to my mother, we moved him into his nursery. Um, you're supposed to, I mean, the current guidance is to keep your baby in your room co-rooming for at least six months. And we moved him when he was three months into his own nursery. Um, and I don't have any belief that that has anything to do with his death. But I remember as we moved him, talking to my mom and being like, wow, we're all sleeping so much better. And, you know, I know they say to keep them in their room, but we're a low risk SIDS household. Yeah. We were a low risk SIDS household. Yeah. And he still died of SIDS. It just happens. (laughs) Which I think brings us back to why me and Stephen Colbert says this, and I'm going to say it because I tell myself this all the time. Why not me? Yeah. Why me? Why not me? Why not? Why you, not? If it has to be one in a billion low risk SIDS household, that's still one. And yeah. when I think about those numbers, one in 160, I know stillbirth is one in 160. That's less than 1%. I would bank so much money on that. If you were like, okay, you can win a lottery ticket. You have 99.99% odds of winning. I would be like, of course. But 
think about that, that is one child, one human, one soul that is dying. And that is a a horrifying number. And honestly, think about your graduating class. How many people were in your graduating class? Oh, I think about it all the time. I think about it all the time because I actually think about fertility statistics, uh, which I think I read are like one in eight, but I was Mm -hmm. just counting. I have 50 kids. There were 50 girls in my class. And I went to a really small school and I counted how many of them that I know have been through some sort of fertility treatment. I counted on my hand. There were only 50 of us. And I think I counted like seven or eight. Yeah. Uh, which is not one in eight, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Much higher statistic. Yeah. Um, I don't know what was in our air there. But the point is just that, okay, one in 320 babies die of SIDS. I know more than 320 people. I mean, on how many friends do you have on Facebook? I probably have 1,200. That means four of us have someone who dies. You have, you have 1,200 friends on Facebook. <laughs> how many do you have? Probably like 300. Oh, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What um, but but <laughs> uh, to that point, my graduating class had, I want to say it was 160-ish people, 150, 170, yeah. somewhere around there. And so one person from my graduating class had a SIDS death and it was And me. that was you. And the question, okay, why me? I think you can go down a rabbit hole with this and say, either you say to yourself, I deserved it, it mm. was destiny, or it just happens and it's luck. Mm-hmm. I deserved it, I think, is the most unhealthy attitude because I yeah. don't think anyone deserves. I don't think anyone deserves to suffer, to be honest. I mean, hey, well, unless, listen, you know, I freaking hate Elon Musk. I still feel yeah, sorry that he had a I do death. too. I do too. No one deserves, no one deserves this. But so I don't think deserve, I don't think deserve is a healthy mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, no one, no one does anything to deserve the death of a child. Ever. And on the flip side, I don't, I mean, with good things too. Like, I think some people yeah. are like, oh, I deserve, I am a good person. So I deserve yeah. this beautiful family. It's like, no, you're just fucking lucky. Actually. Yes. You're just lucky. And then another attitude it could be is destiny. So, okay. I want to talk about that for a second. Cause I think it ties into the religious component, which is, I think that as a person who was raised in a religious faith, um, there's definitely an idea that you're not just random, Mm -hmm. that, you know, God has some, there's of course free will, but there's also some sort of divine fate. Um, And I wrestle with this, but a rabbi told me after Aiden died, uh, good, she, this rabbi got it from a Holocaust survivor and the Holocaust survivor said, good things happen to bad people and bad things happen to good people. Mm -hmm. Things just happen and good things happen to bad people all the time, all the time. I think the question we ask is why do bad things happen to good people? Well, I, I think you could ask yourself why do good things happen? Because the reality is that life is not all good or not all bad. Everybody has their season Mm -hmm. of challenges. It's going to, everybody has a difficult thing that they're going to go through. And the reality is some of us just get luckier than others. Mm-hmm. And some of us are unluckier than others. And some of us are unluckier than others. And then, of course, there's like different components. Some of us make higher, you know, more riskier risks. And some of us take less risky risks. And then I guess maybe, but I think ultimately, okay, I ha- so I'm just going to say one more thing about it. I have a really um, close friend who's very religious. She has like, didn't I tell you about her? She had like 11 miscarriages, but she has like seven alive children. Yeah. Something like that. And her, one of her sons died in a drowning when he was probably like 11. 
or 10 around there. And she said, um, and her husband was at the beach that day and they'd gone to the beach a million times and he died in a drowning. And um, she said to herself, for a long time, I asked myself, like, what did I do? Why me? What, like, And then she said, you know what I realized? I'm not that strong that I can, I'm not that important. I'm not that big that I can control everything in my life. You know, she, she felt like, I didn't, you know, I didn't build, she didn't feel responsible for building this baby and this baby's heart. Her body just did it. She didn't sit there with her effort, single-handedly putting her eyes in this baby, you know, like it just like (laughs) happens, you know, you didn't do it. So it's the same thing if, if, and I'm going to say God here, but I guess you could say the universe, the universe gives, God gives and God takes. And we are not that powerful at the end of the day. We're not. We're just people and God gives, God takes. And this is actually reminding me of a a common phrase that I think people hear a lot after loss, or maybe people say, if they find out about the loss, like something like, um, oh, well, you know, God gives the toughest battles to the strongest soldiers or like, um, oh, like how, you know, it, it couldn't have happened to someone more equipped to handle it. Like, I actually mm. do think I was, this is like a weird brag, I guess, fairly well equipped to I agree. process this loss because I, I had I was. the finances for therapy. I had the fairly calm and non-traumatic upbringing. I had a support network of family, friends, whatever, like my personality, whatever, all these things, right? I do think I was well-equipped to handle this loss and I still didn't deserve it any more than somebody else. Like that, that type of thinking I think is so dangerous because I get what, I guess what they're trying to say is like, they're, you know, that person is really brave and strong or whatever, but like, we know how we feel about that phrasing. Fuck that. And how offensive that that would mean we deserve it. This is what I think it is. I think that's them, again, protecting themselves and rationalizing. Distancing. Distancing. Saying, well, that could only happen to her because she's so strong. God knew she could handle it. Or the universe knew she could right. handle it. Right. That's, again, distancing themselves. I could never do it. I can't imagine. That's all part of distancing. As opposed yeah. to saying, like, God gives challenges to everyone or the universe. Use whatever language feels comfortable to you. I'm just going to use God for this particular instance. Um, God gives challenges to everyone. And again, I feel like it's just kind of luck whether or not you're the type of personality, you had the right upbringing, the right financial to be able to handle it or not. And I, I think beforehand, I even would have thought, well, maybe that person's not trying hard enough. Maybe the person's not working hard enough or whatever it is. But I no longer believe that. I actually believe that there are just some people who are more equipped to deal with adversity. And there are some people who just haven't strengthened that muscle yet. So I guess we all, let me tell you right now that there are people who I have met who have lost their children who are so ill-equipped to deal with this loss. They're so messed up to begin with. It cannot possibly be that they were selected because they are capable. (laughs) Like they were fucked up beyond to begin with. Their marriages were honest. I've seen honest God. Their marriages were shit. They were horrible communicators. They had narcissistic personalities. Like all of these qualities. They were just like, they already had so many other children and competing needs. 
They were so not equipped for this loss. (laughs) I cannot believe that God was like, that person seems to be equipped. I'll give this loss to her. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. Um, a hundred percent. I don't, I mean, I think if someone's listening to this and like struggles with this question, I'd be curious to hear how other people have handled it. Cause I think that to me, the thing that is comforting in my heart, and this is so bizarre, but it's just comforting to know that it's random. Yeah, I agree. It's comforting. Cause I don't want to feel like I deserved it. And it just fucking happens and it fucking sucks. And I think the faster that I moved into accepting that it had happened and not dwelling on what I could have done differently. Like, I think that was like a key stage in the healing process for me. And I just like had to go with it. You know, it happened. Another thing I'll say though, is that I do feel this feeling of why me when I'm in a room of people who all have their alive children, like Mm -hmm. if I'm at a birthday party or at just certain people's houses or at synagogue in like a communal event, I will stand up and look around and be like, everyone here has their children? Yeah. They don't deal with this cloud hanging over their head constantly? Like, wow, my mind is blown. Yeah. I went to a New Year's Eve party, and I literally looked around the room, and I was like, wait, you got to keep your baby? You got to keep your baby? You got to keep... Why not me? It's not yes. that I don't feel it. I feel the feeling of, like, <laughs> sadness. I feel the feeling of, like, this is not fair this sucks why 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 but I feel like where it doesn't go for me is why me it must have been me right yes that's a good distinction that is a good distinction it's Um, just like how you're like sometimes like your sister gets a better present than you do on Christmas or something like uh it's sometimes it's just the they get better things than you yeah you get what you get and you don't get upset. Although boy, you do, do get upset. Boy, do I get upset. <laughs> um, just like that. I actually had, I had a pretty acute why me moment just recently. Um, a friend, I actually don't know if she listens to this podcast, but a friend of mine who I knew was pregnant, she had her baby um, recently alive and I just wasn't expecting it. I got caught off guard by the you know, public announcement of this alive baby. And I had a pretty uncharitable response for about five minutes where I really, it it had nothing to do with her. It had literally zero to do with her. Zero, zero, less than zero. But I was just so every once in a while, I'm just so overcome by the true, it is unfair, the true unfairness of it all that so many people I know, especially now that a lot of my friends are moving into the kind of family having children stage, like I was kind of the first. And so now a lot of other people are moving into that phase. And the truth is like, they're probably going to get pregnant. They're probably going to have alive babies and, and just raise a family with their male husbands. And, you know, like just, just live like a normal life. Yeah. <laughs> and, And it is, it's just unfair. Like, I think that's what it is. It just feels so unfair. And I was with um, a couple of people and and the person, this one person said to me, she was like, Alina, it's not that like you, because I was feeling really guilty that I had this like really outsized negative reaction to this beautiful, sweet, new, alive baby. And she was like, Alina, it's not about 
her baby. It's about your baby. That's such a good point. And it was about my baby. It wasn't about her baby. Yeah. And I looked at the baby later and I was, he was, he's so cute and I'm so happy he's born alive, but like, it just took me a while to get to that point. And it just happens. You know, it happens. It fucking sucks. It's random. It's bad luck. It's unfair. I guess that's my thesis statement. It's random, I don't know. It's bad luck. It's unfair. And it fucking sucks to be the one in 160 yeah. or the one in 320 or the one in a one million. in a million. I um here's what I'll say to wrap up. You're gonna ask yourself, why me? Mm-hmm. And it's a really fair question. Yeah. And that's all I'll say. It's a fair it's- question. Any wrestling you're doing with that is like totally normal and expected. And I actually, you know, I kind of hope people wrestle with that. Cause like we were saying, like, I don't want someone to have something like this happen have tragedy befall them and have them think they deserved it in some way, shape or form. Exactly. So I hope people wrestle with this and are able to get to the point where they don't feel that they deserved it. Because the truth is you did not deserve this. You did not deserve to have your baby There are some people though, who I think would say, you know, but I made the choice. Let's say, let's just say there was a SIDS accident. That was actually suffocation. Mm -hmm. Let's just say they they bed shared and the worst case happened. But the thing is it even still. I agree. Even still it is random. Because so many people bed bed share with their babies. So many people let their kids sleep in the car seat. So many people let their, leave their kids unattended at the pool and their kids don't die. Yes. And yes, you may yes. have made a choice. Like, yes, we put Quinn in his nursery early, yeah. but so many freaking zillions of people yes. put their babies in their nurseries before six months and their babies don't die. Like, it's Alina, like, you're not that powerful. Exactly. You're not that powerful. Yeah. You're just not. Yeah. And I also think that we don't say to ourselves uh, why, why did I get, why did I, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like, why did I get diabetes? Like not type two. I think that's mm-hmm. Why did I get Do diabetes? Do you have diabetes? No. But my <laughs> point is like, there are other medical ailments. Yes. We don't question what did I do to deserve? Like this is science. Yeah. You know, this was science. Mm-hmm. It's not about deserving. It's yeah. about just some people get diabetes. Some people have SIDS. Some people get cancer. Some people have seizures. Sometimes it just happens. Yep. Yep. And you didn't deserve it if you're listening. And you didn't this. deserve it. Yeah. And it's a complicated question. It and is. if you believe in God, it's even more complicated. Yeah. And if you grew up in a faith where they told you that you're praying or your your actions or your whatever somehow will be able to affect your life it's even more complicated because i asked myself why me i i prayed i was religious i prayed every day when eden was when i was pregnant with Aiden. i prayed you know like i'm a religious person like i followed the rules why me and that's why i feel like i've kind of pulled myself a little back from the religious components of my life because it's really hard to realize well okay well if i'm not doing this to have a quote-unquote good and easy life mm-hmm. like what exactly am i doing this for it's made me reconsider what i do and why i practice in the way i practice and if i want to continue practicing in the way i practice if it's just for me with no asterisks of you know if you do this you'll get that yes that's right that's okay right. well i think that this was a good conversation yeah I actually think the pillow helped the audio. I think it did too. 
It was as simple as that the whole time. You'll have to let us know, listeners, if the audio is better. To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at aslongasimlivingpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at aslongasimlivingpodcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grieving brains allow. Yay!